Hi, I'm Caroline Carey, and you know, I'm always inspired by other people's life stories. So I listen for the soul journey that is interwoven between each individual's experiences throughout their life. Join me to hear for yourself how each narrative becomes a transformative and inspiring message for us all. Enjoy the podcasts. to Eartha Love about her experiences, her life story, being a twin, um, growing up in Wales and being part of particular communities, some of her challenges and difficulties and how she's learnt to grow and work on herself so that she can now spend time with others supporting them. She works with women and young women and girls with rites of passage and it always fascinates me how you know what what we've needed to do for ourselves is what we then discover is ours to offer to our communities this is what soul purpose is about for me and it's what i encourage in my own work and it's really beautiful to see the likes of earth love sharing this um, around the world i hope you enjoy this podcast So Eartha, do I call you Eartha or do I call you Eartha Love or where did this beautiful name come from? Actually, it's not my birth name. It's interesting you've asked about my name first because that's been quite a thing for me recently because I changed my name to Eartha, Eartha Love, uh, because I actually gave my daughter, my youngest daughter, the name Amai Eartha and then I really loved it and I wanted to change my name. And I wanted to change my name because I'd healed loads of um, ancestral stuff. And my birth name is Angharad Emma. And Angharad means love in Welsh. So I kept, I changed it to Earth because I loved the name and I kept the love. But actually what's happening now is that my birth name was given to me by my father and my father was waiting for the dawning of the golden age, the age of Aquarius. And he gave me my name, which means love universal of the beloved for this time on earth. Oh my <laughs> so I'm going, oh, right, I changed it. <laughs> no pressure though. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love my birth name. It's still on my passport and everything, but I changed it to Eartha. So it's kind of all, all of me, really. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Well, when you when we we communicated by email, one of the things that I picked up um, from what you share now in the world and what your purpose seems to be is about this um, mending the soul of the village. I love that phrase. Um, where yeah. did it come from? So what I saw, I was doing a lot of work in my communities. Um, I, I lived on the road with my children in a big wooden lorry oh. and I would have a route between certain communities. And in my communities, I was always um, sort of my path is to like birth things and then move on and create things in communities. And I started uh, because I had two daughters wanting to create a space for them on their journey to womanhood and um i started to work with a community of women to 
um, bringing our daughters into the community when my eldest was like 10. And when I started working with that community of women, so we could begin holding our collective daughters together, I realized that uh, a lot of the women didn't have the inner tools to be able to um, <clears throat> do rites of passage work, which is where I was going with it, um, because they already had their inner girl. They hadn't looked at their own inner girl. And so we started doing the work of healing their inner girls so that they could give rites of passage ceremonies to the collective daughters of the of the community. And it's just led on from there because we started to heal our little village of women, you know, just for the purpose of holding our daughters together. You know, it's, it's that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. It actually takes a community to co-create rites of passage ceremonies for our youth. That's what I feel. Because I, we started healing ourselves. And then in that journey, we started to understand that it all came from as the fragmentation of the soul, you know, the the understanding of how fragmented we all were because of our own girlhood, because yeah. of our own adolescent years and not being held in our rites of passage ceremonies. So we started to like heal, you know, heal the fragmentation of our soul. And then we came together in such a profound space of, of the village, but on a different level of, of like, our souls began to really see each other and we began to witness and honor each other, the women, I mean. Mm. We began to honor and witness each other in our own unique soul's essence. And that was something I hadn't, re I hadn't really thought was gonna happen. I'd done that to some extent in myself because I've had 27 years of shamanic training. So I had, had recovered enough of my fragmentation to understand my soul's purpose, to feel it. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, that happened with all the women. We started to really see each other. We were like, wow, this sister, you know, and really saw her radiance in her own expression, her, her own unique expression and what she had to give to the girls just by being herself. Yeah. Because we were uh, I think a lot of the women were just in their minds that they needed to teach this to the girls teach that to the girls and we needed to get a certain amount of teachings in before they reached womanhood their own inner girls were being triggered as soon as we started healing that we started to understand that all we needed to do was be truthful in our own unique way of being mm -hmm. so that the girls could resonate with us like one girl would resonate with me one girl would resonate with another woman because we were we were allowing our own unique way of being to be present in the circle with them and that made us come together and we I started using that word mending the soul of the village because I realized by healing our own fragmentation <clears throat> we were actually doing that. We were amending the collective soul of our little village mm, because mm. we were coming together in our in this and each so I started working with women all over the world now to create community girl circles uh, for the purpose of rites of passage and it happens every single time that that those women who've worked together for a year then they bring the girls in then yeah. they're together five years or whatever they're having this incredible experience of being this unique configuration of women who are allowing each other to to shine by witnessing and honoring each other and hearing each other's stories and being and together. 
that that's so important isn't it that the women actually work on themselves first and do the work they need to do before they start trying to offer it to the the younger yeah. women and yeah. because otherwise you yeah you you're you're not really being authentic in in what you're offering are you so that's no you can't and you can't and you can't do more on the outer than what you've got on the inner and the mm. girls know that the girls know all they want is to be to the women to be themselves because they need to be themselves they don't need a, a woman trying to be like another woman <laughs> exactly <laughs> not, perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah so so talk about this shamanic training that you this initiation path because you mentioned that quite a lot yeah initiation path that you've yeah. on because you didn't have the elders, did you, in, in your life growing up? And many of us don't, of course. Um, but you went on a shamanic training. What did that involve for you? So that's what happened to me, is that I was, I was, I was, um, you know, by the time I got to teenager, I was really traumatised and really um, started to feel like I just needed my people. Uh, so probably a lot of us grew up feeling like where are my people like that kind of feeling and wanting a sense of belonging and wanting to um I knew I now know it was the elders I needed I was I was so lost and I was taking a huge amount of substances um mostly psychedelics actually to um try to feel something and to and I was in this kind of scene where we all thought we were being a tribe together, and it was beautiful, but it was also a lot of um, substances. So when I got to twenty seven, I <clears throat> kind of was a bit of a knife edge with my mental health because of that, and so I'd kind of found something of what I was looking for with this uh, tribal party scene I was in, but also I was damaging myself more, and. I just had this synchronistic moment of meeting my a teacher. One of my main teachers, I don't know if you know her, she's called Eliana Harvey. She's in Dorset. <clears throat> and at the time, she was like uh, in her 70s. <clears throat> and, me, and I've got an identical twin sister and we have parallel lives. And we just went, we went to be with her. Uh, we were 27 and, and as soon as we met her, that was it. I knew that's what I'd needed was an elder and a woman um, to see me. And she really saw us. And so we did some training with her for a few years. And then I went and then I decided that's what I needed was to go traveling. And everywhere I met when I met some indigenous elder grandmother. And I know that all along my that's what my soul was trying to get to was to to be with those older women so that I could uh, be in, <clears throat> initiated. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cough. And um, I had one one major moment with this woman in um, Guatemala called Omrok Sapa, and I've interviewed her on my podcast because she changed my life, literally, like, because she did this thing with Eliana. I was doing shamanic training. I was learning to heal myself with her as soon as I stepped I got to La uh, Lake Catitlan and as soon as I stepped off the boat everyone started telling me oh you need to meet this woman you really you're really like her you need to meet her and I I, I summoned up the courage to go to a house in the in the forest 
I just knocked on the door and she was straight away she went oh wow it's you okay it's you I knew you would come to see me and we only had five hours together where she just really saw me and what I saw in her was like me now she was my age that I am now I was 27 and she was in menopause and I was like seeing myself in her and she also saw her younger self in me and we had this incredible moment of really witnessing each other and then I started to really understand the enormity of being witnessed by the elders in the community uh, and the enormity of being seen and being told that we see you we 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 see your soul we see that you've been born with gifts to give to this life and that life has gifts to give to you, you know, and I honour you. And she made ceremony for me and we sat, we sat around the fire and um, it was beautiful. And then I came back to Britain and carried on my training with Eliana and also with some, in the third, some of the 13 Indigenous grandmothers that were <coughs> travelling about the planet <coughs> at that point. And um, yeah, so it's been mo it's been women, it's been elder women for me, and that's what my soul was calling for all along. I think, and it's really interesting because as soon as I got into towards my menopause, I've had this strange feeling of looking in the mirror, and going, okay, now I actually look like how I'm supposed to look. <laughs> I, I think I've always come in with something that I've been waiting for elderhood. I've come in with some <clears throat> understandings and now I feel like I'm in it. And maybe yeah. that's just menopause. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I do relate to that, though. I was always a, an old soul when I came into the world. And uh, my parents always said that about me. And I, I was looking forward to being older. I always was looking forward to it. And everyone would think I was completely weird. But um, I thought, <laughs> no, this is this is when I'm going to fully live my life, you know. So yeah, beautiful. So so you create rites of passage, um, and some of the things you talk about are soul loss. So the the, the reclaiming of our soul, which is very familiar mm -hmm. to me, um, trauma, and um, you talk about mental health issues, and where some of this this comes from because of soul loss. Hey, um, mm -hmm. also you talk about things like fake shamanism. And, mm. and, you know, things that aren't really, well, they're not conducive to real soul healing and some of the work that is on offer to us that the UK has, and I think in many places, has developed something that's not really authentic. And we get it, we're missing, we're missing the links somehow. Can you say more about that? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really... Um... I'm really in that right now. I'm really feel. Look, I've got a lot of younger women around me because of the work I do, sure. and I'm really seeing their path out into their seeking of mm -hmm. their um, spiritual journey, and I can see how they're getting caught up in situations where they're not having, they're not being held in the integration of their healing journey. So they're coming to me. I've got a one-to-one -one, uh, practice where <clears throat> I actually teach something called soul mending because mm. in traditional soul retrieval, um, but these go, so the, what's happening, I feel, is that there's this incredible young people, isn't there? They're amazing. They're in their, like, 20s, and they're incredible, and they're very awake, 
Um, so there's two sides to me to this, what they call the new age movement. There's this incredible movement of young people who are, who are rising and who are doing incredible things, but alongside it is becoming what I feel a distortion of the sacred because we're losing touch with the fact that, you know, in that, in, in the, in the villages, in the traditional villages and in cultures, they, they were integrated a lot more than the West is into in their village, weren't they? So with each other in their culture, and I'm not romanticizing all tribal cultures, but they had a level of integration because they were with each other. And I feel what's happening is that people are creating these ceremonies <clears throat> with no 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 sense of into how to integrate, how to be together in the healing, how we need to uh, we can't just go to a, an extremely powerful ceremony for a few nights and then be expected just to go back into our culture. You know, it's like, how are we supposed to do that? Like, we're a massively traumatised culture that is suffering from cultural soul loss. Like, all together we're experiencing soul loss. And we're expected to do these powerful ceremonies that come from traditional cultures where they haven't got so much soul loss. They're, they're together with their land, with yeah. their community, and we're and then we're trying to do what they're doing and coming back into a completely lost culture with no connection to the land. And then these young people that that I know that are coming to me that um, I'm being told about all the time because people know of the work that I do are um, getting more traumatized. So they're they're getting post traumatic stress disorder from doing what should be healing ceremonies uh, from being part of healing ceremonies they're they're getting stuck in the experience so they're having some kind of healing for example with the plant spirit medicine they're getting some kind of healing so for example what i'm seeing is their nervous systems are being blown wide open their trauma's coming up which is the healing but the people holding the ceremonies haven't got enough experience or enough understanding to help them to integrate that healing so they're staying stuck in the fear that came up yeah. rather than being helped through the fear to come into the gifts into the soul back to the soul and 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 it's a very to me it's a very simple process um when they come to me of helping them to come back to themselves but yeah, I just, yeah, to me, it's all becoming, and I, I, I wanted to say to you, because one of the biggest things that I had with these Indigenous grandmothers was I met some of the 13 Indigenous grandmothers that were going to each other's homeland to hold council, um, <clears throat> and I met them, I, I met two of them, and one of them was Grandmother Maria Alice from Mapia in Brazil, which is an ayahuasca community, and she heard some of these young people talking in the circle about what they were doing. And she said, no, not like this. It can turn inside out. It can turn inside out. And what? And that was like 16 years ago. She said that when I was in the circle. And I can see that's exactly what's happening. It's turning inside out. You know, this is not how we're we're supposed to be with this medicine. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one.
It, I, I totally get that. I, I, I remember taking part in some ceremonies myself, and then at some point it was just, I mean, I'm glad I did because I can see what the medicine is about. And then it was just an absolute no-no. I'm not going there anymore. It's not meant for, from, it's not part of this land. It's not part of this community. I want to find the medicine, which is what Middle Earth medicine is all about. It's about finding what is what is our medicine here in this environment, in the nature that surrounds us. So yeah, yeah it, it's tracing those roots back um, and not trying to take from other cultures. It's, that's been yeah. hard. Um, but we have a, a massive loss here of our own culture, our own medicine, our own creative life force. Um, it was taken from us years and years ago, like thousands of years ago um, with the, the Roman invasion, all those sorts of things. So, how, you know, it's not surprising that people are going to these other lands to find something that's missing here. And so what what do you think is is what what do we need here now? to help us I mean obviously people yeah. elders but there aren't so many there aren't so many who are no. off. usually they've come from other cultures or they've brought other medicines over from other cultures so how do we create more of a balance with all of this yeah I mean that's that's the thing isn't it because that's what I did I did that I went to other cultures to I wanted to be you know to, what I had in my being was like I want to I need to understand why I was white or western you know there was all that going on for me and when I went when I went to the indigenous people you know I was kind of like oh I found my people but they were like well no you know because it's like you know with all the love in the world you know like yeah you need to go home you need to go home and you need to connect with your land you need yeah. to connect with your ancestors is what they told me and you know what the other side of this thing that's happening for me with this because there's a lot there's a lot of beauty in uh what's happening right now so even though in the distortions i i also understand the prophecies of this time like a lot of what i've been trained in is is prophecy and dreaming like i'm really you know i work a lot with soul loss but also with dreaming and i do feel this new age new age that we're moving into but it's not to be the new age that's happening so i feel at some point um i don't know how it's going to happen but i feel like you know it is the role of everybody to to uh, the elders especially to speak to this that's why i created the podcast because we need to start saying not like this uh, not this way because it is prophesied that we're going to come together as a global family and we're going to move into this new age that people have been waiting for but um we're not integrating any of it at the moment are we like that's how i feel nothing's being integrated it's all just an experience then the next experience then the next experience and i feel like when the indigenous grandmother said to me go connect with your ancestors you know it's like we need to go back to our own land just like you said so that's what I'm saying is like come back to the land come back to the to the so I have got a school of shamanism and the first year of that is all about right relationship with the land like right relationship with the land before we start doing anything else getting out of adrenaline through 
reconnect, finding your connection back to the land, uh, coming into reciprocity with the land, with all of life, and finding your place within it and, and clearing the trauma, clearing the nervous system, because we have we have to look at our cultural trauma. We can't we can't keep taking from others. We have to look at our own trauma. So it all comes back to the individual taking responsibility for the their trauma and clearing their trauma enough so they can feel themselves again within this ecosystem of Gaia. And then from there, you know, that's that's it, isn't it? We're all we're all everyone's up here trying to do the spiritual work because they haven't actually really cleared the trauma. It's taken me so much to clear my trauma. You know, I've worked really hard. Yeah, I get to, it. To get out of my body so I can feel myself within the land again, so I can live in right relation, live with reciprocity through the heart, trust my path, know my own my own unique expression of the earth that I am and be with myself and not, I don't need to have those experiences. I don't need to go and do that and do this and be that person and, you know, getting out of ego and just coming home. Mm. You know, that's, that's what I feel, but yeah, it's, I do feel it's difficult sometimes to talk about that. The, the simplicity of, of, you know, to well, that's why you know, they need to be trained, isn't it? As a, a, have some shamanic training because <laughs> you can't, you can't. There is that, there is that shamanic training, but there is also, I mean, there is so much on offer these days, but it's being discerning about what it is we're actually doing. And like you say, coming back to yourself, never mind the, the fantasies and the, the far out yeah. experiences. It's like, you no, know, coming back to the heart and getting your feet dirty on the ground, you know, walking barefoot, whatever it takes. You know, it's those mm -hmm. simple things that you talk about and being in connection with community. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So tell me about you as a little girl. What were you like? <laughs> I always love this part of our podcast because we always go there. Who were you as a little girl? Wow, well, that's really interesting because there was two of us. I was an identical twin. Yes. So, uh, and we run our school together, interestingly, because, so my 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 version of reality as a girl was I was not separate. I was not alone because I'd had this experience of being um, one with one egg yeah. in the womb together. So actually we, we've worked out we were one heart for ages because uh, it depends on how identical you are because the heart cells form first. And then the egg splits. So we had this experience of being one heart, one one egg, one soul, everything. And so I didn't feel any separation or any um, loneliness. And so th that was on the inner and we had each other. So we spent our childhood um, just immersed in each other, actually. We were like, we had our own language and we had our own way of being and I think that's what kept me sane in the end because, but it also made me see that nobody else felt that mm. oneness that me and my my sister Hannah had. And so I think what got us through that feeling of like starting to feel everybody else's separation was okay, but at least we have each other. 
And so we spent a lot of time um, in the woods um, getting out of adrenaline by lying down with the trees. And uh, I didn't know, obviously, no, that's what I was doing at the time, but I spent a lot of time trying to get out of adrenaline by lying down in the woods. There was a tiny little bit of woodland behind our house um, on this estate, and we spent most of our time in there, and we would just spend a lot of time picking up the litter of that people had left in there and bringing bagfuls of rubbish home for my parents. <laughs> and um, yeah, and my so we we were like living this life of just being with each other, and um, yeah, it brought a lot really. I think it brought a lot of this um way of being that. Uh, you know, we did a lot of dreaming together. We were very much in the, um, I don't know. I think that's why we could understand each, we, we had that one soul thing. So I think it's very easy for me to see other people's soul through their eyes because I know what it feels like. Uh, we have, we have a, a strong merging. And so I have that very quickly with other people as well. And, you know, that caused problems in terms of being hypersensitive, not having very strong boundaries until I learned that I needed to to take care of myself within that ability to merge with and be in the oneness, be, you know, and so spent a lot of time being with the trees in that space of feeling the consciousness uh, and of the trees and the energy of the trees, um, which was what I what I needed yeah so I spent and then I was brought up with a father who who brought me up on Carlos Castaneda and Siddhartha and Joseph Campbell you know I was immersed in all of that <laughs> as well you really so, were yeah, being prepared a... you were being prepared as a child <laughs> for your future weren't you that's that's very very clear what about your mother yeah, so my mum, she was uh, she was great. She's just a homely mum. She stayed with us at home, and my dad was a, an artist that went out and was was teaching art at the local college and stuff. And she was just with us, and uh, yeah, very light, cheerful woman. But she also did um, fashion and at college, so she was really creative as well. Yeah, it sounds like you had a really idyllic childhood, and yet you talk about having to overcome a lot of trauma in your life as well. Yeah. I was really traumatized. Yeah, I think I just really I was traumatized by the culture. I just we were brought up in an estate, um, in in North Wales, and it I just felt the separation. I was traumatized by not being. I didn't understand why people were the way that they were. I just. And I and now I know I was always looking for the village and my heart was always open to others and it wasn't there. So that I think I was really, really traumatized from school actually <laughs> as well. From being in a school system, um, from being uh in a in I think that's why I'm all about regenerating culture because I just felt there was no holding, you know? There was, I mean, our parents aren't held either. We're not, they're not supposed to be bringing us up on their own, are they? So, That's you true. know, it's kind of like that. And, and I felt you, I was... Did your twin sister have the same kind of problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I think, but it was like coming, it was incarnating into a situation that we didn't understand and then having to 
um, unravel ourselves from that and come back to the purpose that we have, which is to be part of this regeneration of culture. So this, you know, when we're talking about the distortions of the new age, but also this massive opportunity the human race has to recreate culture, because we can't go back, can we, to the old traditions because we've lost so much. So how do we regenerate culture then? How do we um, move into a new time where we we're regenerating a culture we have to do it together and that's why i call it mending the soul of the village because we have to be together we have to see each other really see each other and honor each other and allow each other to be like that's that was the trauma of my childhood i couldn't just be myself yeah. within the culture i felt really strange i felt really odd um i had it confirmed over and over again that you know, we were weird or whatever. We even had a business once called the Weird Sisters. <laughs> you know, like the Sisters of the Fates. <laughs> Amazing. Oh God, that's so that's so cool. So, so I mean it is it is the school system though, isn't it? Really? It does isolate because it expects us all to be the same, but of course we're not. We are we do have our differences and we do have our own languages and our um ways of learning and that sort of thing and our our, our yeah, our individuality, but it doesn't encourage that. Hey, it's all the same uniform, same studies, same way of, of of expressing ourselves and learning how to do stuff. So, of course, we're going to get traumatized by that for many, many of us, especially if you're a bit odd or a bit different or a bit weird, as you say. You know, it, it's of course, of course. So it, go, it goes hand in hand. But as a teenager, what did you start to love? What did you what did you get involved with? Yeah, so that was uh, so basically, I got I I went down the road of getting um, getting really into like witchcraft, <laughs> you know, like I was one of those gothy teenagers that I read the Mists of Avalon, and then I started reading all the Marion Zimmer Bradley books, and then I went into the the thing of oh yeah, okay, so it was kind of in a way the sort of Celtic shamanism thing that I was kind of like reaching out for at that point in my life. And um, yeah, but then I got quickly into the rave scene. That was my kind, it, to be honest, it was my saving grace at the time because I wanted to feel that level of freedom. I wanted to dance. Like that was part of it as well, was this ecstasy of dancing. You know, like as the culture I was in, nobody was, there was no joy. You know, everyone's just going about their work in that nine to five, like really like not a happy place and as soon as the rave scene hit it was like wow you know we could just be outside together under the stars dancing you know that that's what I started doing you know and it was like it was all about that then for me and it was all wow. about that for me for a long time yeah very powerful 10 years yeah. yeah really powerful it broke through a lot didn't it? it broke through a lot of you know we started to come together you know I know it was a kind of a bit of an illusion because there was a lot of substances involved and we were dancing together and that one heart, you know, one love, but having to take vast quantities of substances to do it. But I, it broke me out of, yeah, that, that it started to break down that trauma. It started to break through my heart, started to feel love. Um, and I started to be able to be in love with other humans, which, I hadn't felt like 
Hannah and I had always been in love with the with Gaia, with the natural world, and understood why it incarnated. Whenever I was outside, I was okay. But the rest of it, I was like, I am not okay. This is not, this isn't right. And it was then when I when that ray scene came in that I was like, okay, this is some this started to break it down a little bit because I started to like feel my freedom, feel my expression, feel my soul being able to be in that ecstatic space of of love with others, you know, looking at each other dancing. It's so beautiful. But then and then there was 10 years of that. And I because I still had uh stuff I hadn't dealt with, it became a, a like a the substances became an issue for me because I just I couldn't do it without it or something, you know. And then I and then when I met my shamanic teacher, that's when I started to understand that I was having all of these experiences as a girl where I was going out of my body um, because I was trying to leave my body all the time because I was, I think I was trying to, un, it, what's you call it, um, unincarnate. You know, I was trying to go out of my body. I was having these experiences of feeling so much adrenaline that I was leaving my body. And then I was having like lucid dreams. And then when I was partying, the LSD and everything was confirming this like leaving my body and then I started to understand that I was leaving my body and I was going to not be able to come back in properly and then I then that's when I started learning healing for myself and I actually met a woman in Guatemala another woman elder in Guatemala who was teaching metaphysics and astral travel without any substances and I did some training with her and I learned how to travel and what she taught me what had been happening to me she also taught me what had been happening to me on the substances which is why I completely stopped she explained it all and I was like oh so it was it was so strong for me that I've never ingested anything since and that was when I was 27 because she she showed me what was what was going on for me when I was partying with this with these substances. So then, so then I've learned. That's why I went so much into shamanic training because I needed to heal myself and to have those experiences in a really conscious way because that was my path. And um, yeah, it was like ten years of healing myself before I even thought about trying to share with other people you know I never even thought about teaching it was all just to put myself back together well, you know <laughs> and so a long time been, yeah well it's it, but it's really important isn't it hey I mean it is absolutely vital that we follow that healing path ourselves isn't it yeah so yeah you have your own uh trainings now you you've developed this way of offering your purpose which sounds very clear it sounds like that was coming through from a very early age you you have these trainings um where where do you hold them so we have um so with my my training i do training for women to work with girls that um is anywhere where people ask me to go so i'm still traveling with that work that involves actually being with communities of women um and so they so we work online and then I go in person with support and then um, with the school, we've just actually, it's really interesting because we've been running it in Wales and in Glastonbury. And now our teacher Eliana, who 
my original teacher is now 93 and she's just offered us her beautiful venue called Star House in Dorset to run our school there because she's getting to the place where she wants to, well, hand over um, and she trusts us and she's willing to have us in her school teaching our own unique way. Um, yeah, as part of her legacy, I guess, as well. So, yeah, we'll be starting that this year. It's a beautiful space. It's called Star House in Dorset. Beautiful. Yeah. Really wonderful. And when you yeah. say us, who is us? Mm? When you say, say that again? When you say us, she's going to have us. Who is us? Oh, that's me and my sister. So it, <laughs> I was wondering. So, so you are... Yes. <laughs> So you're you're working <laughs> with your sister with this. I mean, yes. so beautiful. That's yeah. So we so we run the school together. We've had the same parallel lives. You know, we've done all, most of our training together. There's obviously differences because within our soul, we have a what. It's like we have a one soul, but we have our own unique essence, and so we have differences. So she works very much more with the goddess. She's working a lot with um uh the magdala as well and i that's not my path so we sort of complement each other because we've got um different ways of being but we've had uh, a strong path together so yeah we run the school together i, I mean we just we've got telepathy and everything going on between us so it's completely natural thing to do that's uh... you know and i feel part, part of it is us helping people to feel the one heart and the oneness and the the connectedness that we have with each other being able to help people to feel that with each other and that's another part of spending the soul of the village because you know Hannah and I are just in that we've always have been so we're finding ways with our shamanic training to help people to really come into that space with each other in a in a good way like to really heal so we don't take a lot of people on our training so we to only take a small amount of yeah. people because we really want it to be an intimate space where people get enough time to really be together and to really get that strong feeling of of the village together when we're on our training so it's not just people coming and they don't really know each other we could spend a lot of time with each person as well so that's a real in-depth yeah. you're doing which is is very valuable hey and what's your dream yeah. future with all of this I mean obviously you're going to be working there in yeah so, so so we have this Hannah and I have this gift of prophecy that's always been there so part of this trauma of girlhood was being able to see things happening before they happened and like the sort of insanity of that in a way and it actually runs in my family so there's mental health issues in my family ancestral which we've actually managed to stop because you know those those though so one of our family lines on my father's side are it's sort of mental health shamanic abilities and um they were druids and poets and you know, and uh, but the ones that weren't able to do that were had mental health issues. So, yeah, we're like um, part of that is the gift of seeing. And so we've we've had enough training now to acknowledge this gift and to work with it. So one of the prophecies that we had is um, 
it's, it's the future where we're going is I had a dream about four years ago um uh, the the beloved I was with at the time we I dreamt this dream and he showed me in the dream this land uh he I was combing wolves and I was giving him the wolf fur and he was weaving it into a yarn and then he was weaving it between these trees in this forest to um up this hill to this sun temple at the top and he said to me in the dream this is to help you to find your way and I woke up and I told him I'd had the dream and we were laughing about it. And then not long after, he actually passed over. And um, Eb, and since he passed over four years ago, he's led me through this series of synchronicities. And I found the land that was in my dream through just following what I felt he was showing me. I've actually found that piece of land in Portugal. And you walk through the forest, it's exactly the same trees, same rocks, and you get to the top and there's a ruin where he, where the sun temple was in my dream. And I bought the ruin um, and I didn't have any money and I found the owners. It all went into this dream-like place of the owners going, yes, we'll set, yes, we want to sell you our land in Portuguese, this old couple. And I got the money within a week and a half just it just came and so the future is we're building a space there in Portugal for us doing our work and I'm just following the dreaming it's like my dreaming awake so um yeah well that's what we're doing right now is that we're preparing to uh well we're dreaming with that land to feel what needs to emerge uh in that space but eventually we'll be going there as well and doing our work i want it to be for that community that's there and they're all really the portuguese community absolutely love it that we're coming there and it's it's mm. incredible it's like the himalayas it's really high up on top of this mountain it's very monastic it's very expansive so that's where we're going <laughs> in the future we're actually going to be building this this um, incredible space up on the mountains of Portugal to do this work. And oh. then, um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a sanctuary for the soul. It's going to be a sanctuary for people to come. The land is so pristine. The water, the river that's there on the land, you can just drink straight out of it. The air is really clean. The, there's chestnuts and uh, hawthorn, you know, it's original land. And it's, I feel like people, I want a space for people to come to be able to be in what I call Sami, which is the light, the pristine earth, the life force, mm. and start clearing the trauma that's stopping them being in their own prophecy inside. You know, so, you know, that we were just talking about this new age that's coming, the golden age, or, you know, Satya Yuga. Pachacuti, they call it in Peru. It, we have to have it inside first. That's what I feel. Everyone's trying to get to this new earth without actually getting there inside themselves. Yeah. So yeah. I want to make a space for people to come and be in a sanctuary where they can start to feel it inside of themselves by being with the land and healing their own trauma so they can open to their own soul and feel themselves as the new earth as the new way as the regeneration of culture mm. from their own heart and not take from other things 
Yeah. So, so what would you say to somebody who is struggling in life, maybe living in a block of flats, not enough money, mm -hmm. pay the bills, struggling with kids, you know, all the, you know, some of these stories that we hear about that, you know, we're very blessed in our lives. I feel very great. I do have my yeah. connection to nature and that, but there's a lot of people living in some of our cities who, who don't have that. Um, and mm -hmm. What, what do you say to people like that? Yeah, so I do actually do work with people like that because there's a lot of that right now. There's a lot of people struggling. Yeah. And um, I have been working. I do something called soul mending where I'm helping people to really tend to their heart so that they can actually start to feel um, their own fragmentation and how they can empower themselves to heal it. And, you know... So we're we're looking at that with the, so I'm working in communities and we're looking at that and we're looking at how do we get ourselves then um, and so it's for me what's happening is I'm working with them on their own dreaming on the inner and knowing that we are the earth yeah. the rivers the mountains everything are inside of us so if we can go in we can begin to connect with ourselves as Gaia and find our own sanctuary on the inner and start to really begin to love ourselves enough that we can put ourselves first and begin to feel that little calling that we have to, to begin to expand that love out so we can change the dreaming of our outer reality and begin to begin to have been begin to be able to create the life that is destined for us if we return to our sovereignty and our ability to know and be uh and to know that life has got us you know a lot of this suffering is coming from the fact that we've lost touch with ourselves and that the earth is holding us and we are held by spirit and we are in the arms of love but we can't feel it because we're so traumatized because of what we've created and that's been my path is to get myself out of what the human race is created from its separation and from its soul loss and to return to my own deep knowing and heart that I am the earth. I am I'm God or spirit and I'm here to walk a path of love. And then my outer reality completely changed. I've had miracles because of the of reclaiming myself and restoring my inner world so there's actually a lot of that happening with the women I work with their outer reality is beginning to change because they're finally realizing their own inner dreaming and I, I don't know what else to do apart from that because mm. it, it's becoming so so chaotic out there isn't it absolutely that we're, we're we're in difficult times and we have to acknowledge that yeah look for what yeah. What, what is ours to do now in yeah and I and I feel like people you know with or with the war you know with the 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 destruction that's happening you know mm. there's so much grief and so much helplessness and mm. hopelessness and it's like all I can say when people come to me with that is like we have to find the peace inside of ourselves because even though it feels like you're not doing anything because you're just finding the peace inside of yourself it's like nobody's going to be able to change the reality if we and we have to keep i back to clear my trauma from the horror of what's happening you know i have to keep clearing my trauma my grief 
you know, because if I don't, I'm lost, I'm in despair, and that's not going to help anybody, is it? So that's all I can think of to do is just to keep clearing so that I can be strong and to find my pathway through it all. And that's how I brought my children up because I'm like, yeah, we can't be at the mercy of the outer. Um, it's not going to serve anybody. So, yeah, that's what I feel. Very good point. Bertha, it's been really lovely to connect with you on all of yeah. Um, I Yeah, I feel a lot of crossover between our work, the soul loss work and soul retrieval work and the connection to land and to community. So important. Yeah. And it's been a real delight to hear what you have to share. Is there anything that you would like to just offer as a last piece for our listeners here? Yeah, I just want to... Um... I'm just really grateful to be able to speak with you on this podcast, sitting here as two uh, women moving into elderhood and to be able to share these things. So I think the final thing I want to say is just, you know, from my heart to the younger generation, like we're we're here for you to hold space for you with our words in any in any way that you can receive them and that um yeah, just I just feel grateful whenever I like sitting with you now, love. It's just, I uh, you know I feel is the way forward. So yeah, I just just that really, That's just stop asking for these words to be received yeah. in, in people's hearts. That's uh, it's it's really lovely to hear that, and I I I yeah, the mirror is there most definitely. That uh, I think these conversations really need to be happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like young people need to be able to go somewhere to hear what we're saying and the groundedness of what we're saying, the realness of what we're saying, being together as women, being together as community, being together, just voicing our own journeys. Um, and I just really love the the way that, yeah, you've coaxed out of me what my journey was, because I feel that's so important. That's what I've done with the girls in our communities. We've just spoken our stories to them, you know, so powerful. Yes, it is. Oh, well, so, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing <laughs> with me here. And uh, yeah. yeah, I hope many people will hear your wise words and good luck with the, the next step of your involvement and your, your, yeah. your twinship work together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, love. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. And I'm looking forward to you speaking on the Voices of the Elders podcast as well. I look forward to that too. Great. Yeah. Thank you, love. There we go. Is that all right? Does that feel good? Yeah, great. Yeah, thank good. you. Good. Amazing. Yeah, I don't think there'll be anything to edit particularly in, in that. I think no. what a nice... No. No, I could have gone on for hours. It's so oh, good. Well, I, I, I know, I know, but yeah, we, we can and we do. And there is so much, of course. Yeah. But Where do you live, by the way? Just so I, I... I'm in Hastings in East Sussex. Okay, so in in um June, I'm moving to Brighton. Oh, are I've you? been offered that in Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> I lived there in my 20s oh, my as goodness. well. Oh, I'll get to see yeah. you. Oh, well, that's <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we're in a. An hour and a bit away from Brighton. I've yeah. got three of my children live live in Brighton. So yeah, so yeah, I'm just. Yeah. Do you do regular dances where you are? Yeah, yeah, I do a fortnightly dance here. I do one online every week, and I um, I, I you know I do workshops when I'm yeah. asked. I don't organise any of that myself anymore. But when I'm asked to, I go and do it. Yeah, yeah, so nice. Work has gone online and in my little space here and stuff. So. Yeah, 
I think I like doing the online work. I didn't think I would, but I do because it reaches yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind. I was always doing it beforehand, so I was all set up when lockdown happened. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> certain kinds, certain aspects of the work, but kind of like not having to travel. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I shared and oh, hi everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. I just want people to come to me now. It's like menopause. I'm like, oh god, yeah. want people just come to me. I don't know. I've got to get on a flight on um next week, and and I, I'm sort of like, oh god, flights. You know. <laughs> yeah, Prague is it? Prague. I'm going to next week. Yes. Very nice. Yeah, beautiful. All, All right, right, love. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Bless you. And I really look forward to seeing you when you're in Brighton and we'll make a connection. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'll be, I'm going to India for a month. And then when I get back, maybe we could do the voices of the elders. Yeah. Let me let me know. Let me know. Get in touch. Yeah, uh, yeah All right. happy to do that. Great subject. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. Much love. Bye, love. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker, in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.